Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Preserving Pentecost with Davis Ministries. I'm Josh, uh, and my wife, Amanda, myself, and our two boys, Josiah and Judah, we make up Davis Ministries, a branch of New Beginnings. Uh, we are full-time evangelists. Uh, this is what we do. We don't have any other jobs. We just uh, travel full-time and preach the gospel, uh, doing what we can to further the kingdom and uh, win souls for Jesus. Uh, so we're excited about this new branch of outreach, uh, excited about everything that God is allowing us to do in this season, and we're even more excited that you are a part of it. Uh, with that being said, I will let you know that uh, if at any time you feel led uh to partner with our ministry, uh, if you want to become a monthly partner, uh, one of our kingdom building partners, uh, you can reach out to us at davisministriesfam at gmail.com, uh, or you can reach out to us on Facebook and get connected that way. Once uh, once the website is uh, completely finished, uh, there'll be a place on there where all you have to do is click the little kingdom, part, kingdom building partners button. Uh, and it'll walk you through every step you need uh, to sign on as a monthly supporter. Um, and maybe you don't feel feel like you can make the commitment to be a monthly supporter, but you would like to uh, sow a seed, uh, then, uh, of course, we appreciate any seed that's sown uh, into the ministry as well. Uh, and then maybe you just want to be a prayer partner. We do have a whole list of uh, needs for the ministry, everything from uh, needing a new revival tent, uh, to uh, needing a, a, a an easier means of travel, um, I'm sure most most of you that know us know that we live out of our pickup truck uh, 98% of the time. Uh, the other time we live with my wife's mother and her grandmother. Uh, so anyway, we're just uh, we got a whole list of things we're praying for, and we, we know God's going to do it. We're believing for it. Um, we're just thankful for all of you who have. Uh, felt led by God to sow into our ministry. Uh, I'm a firm believer that every seed you sow, uh, then whatever harvest we reap, you get to reap a part of that as well. Uh, every soul that is saved, uh, that God uses us to, to go out and, and preach to, then I believe that uh, that you have a part of that. Um, so now that I think we've got all the announcements out of the way, all the formalities, it's time to jump right in. Uh, so when we started praying about this outreach, we started praying about what what uh, we should uh, call it, we both uh, we both were led to preserving Pentecost. Um, you know, it's our desire to see people, uh, especially, uh, and I use this term with quotations, and I can't sing by fingers, but they're up there. Church people have gotten away uh, from the power of God, having a form of godliness but de- denying His power. That's where we're at today, where so many churches have have gotten used to uh, just this little inspirational message, uh, something that make you feel good, that'll tickle your ears, something that you want to hear that uh, never chastises the flesh, never causes us to seek correction, never pushes us to draw closer to the Father, uh, but simply um, pets on us in our comfort, uh, even when we're in sin. Uh, but listen, I was I was raised up uh, in in the old school way of uh, holiness. I was raised up believe, and, and when I say holiness, I'm I'm not talking about oh I wear long sleeves all the time, oh I wear pants all the time. But listen, if it's hot outside, I'm gonna wear shorts. That's just me. 
If that makes you stumble, that's something you need to pray about. That's between you and God. I don't feel convicted about wearing my shorts. I ain't walking around in no Daisy Dukes or anything, you know. It's just normal shorts when it's hot outside. But what I am saying is I'm talking about holiness under God, holiness in His Word. So I'm talking about a heart situation. And when you have holiness inside of your heart, when, when you have yourself aligned with God's Word, then everything else is going to begin to align with that. So the way you dress is going to be modest. You're not going to walk around showing everything you got to anybody and everybody. Uh, you know, you recognize that there is a, a, a sanctity of the bedroom between a husband and a wife. Throw that out there, too. You know, husband and a wife. We'll get to that later on. It's not for today. Anyway. So the world we're living in today... So much sin has become praised, and, and morality has become corrupted, and what, what was once seen as good and moral is now called hate speech and bigotry, and, 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 and it's just a simple fact that, that people have turned away from the truth. They've turned away from, from the truth of the gospel. They, they, they've gotten away from the fullness of the Spirit of God. They like to hear a good inspirational message, somebody that says, oh, trust your heart, do do what makes you feel good. No, no, your heart is a liar. Your emotions will lie to you. Your heart will run crazy and, and cause you to make all sorts of irrational decisions. That's why your heart has to be given over to God. And you have to present yourself a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Because, because if you rely on your own heart, if you rely on self then you're never going to make it. You're constantly going to walk around defeated, constantly going to walk around in depression, anxiety, brokenness, confusion, and all those things are not of God. In fact, His Word tells us that we can be delivered from all those things. That I don't care who tells you that you have to live with any type of sickness, any type of infirmity, any type of mental bondage. They are lying to you, and they need to get back to the truth, especially if they claim to be uh, a Christian, or, or especially if they claim to be a minister. I mean, they're denying the power of God right there. And that's exactly what, what I feel like God is wanting us to do with this outreach, is is to, to get back to the importance of the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That, that same power that rose Jesus up out of the grave is that same power that resides in us once we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now somebody says, well, what is the Holy Ghost? What are you talking about? Well, so we'll, we'll just start with the, the most basic understanding of what the Holy Ghost is. And that comes out of John 14, starting at verse 15. It says, Jesus says, if you love me, then you keep my commandments. And I'll pray, that the Father, pray to the Father, and he'll send you another comforter. He'll send you a helper. And that may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of Truth, who the world cannot receive because it sees Him not, neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live. You shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And he that keeps my commandments and keeps, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. 
manifest myself to it. Now, if you fast forward with me a couple verses, we're going to uh, fast forward over into uh, verse 25. It says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name. Remember, Jesus just said, I'm going to pray. When I go away, I'm praying to the Father that he will send you a Comforter, a Helper. Who is the Comforter and the Helper? The Comforter and the Helper is this one, the Holy Ghost, the one we were just talking about. Verse 26, but the Comforter, the Help, the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, in Jesus' name, there is a comforter. In Jesus' name, you can receive the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, there is a power that you can receive that will reside within you. A helper, a sustainer, a keeper. My God, my God, I feel like preaching right now. I'm trying to keep it calm. I'm just trying to keep it calm, y'all. You don't understand. Some people get so excited. They, they say, why, why in the world do you preach like that? Why do you get so upset? Listen, I, I get so excited about the Word of God. It's the only way I know how to preach. All right. Where was we at? Oh, yeah. Verse 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Here he's telling us that it's the Holy Ghost that will keep us. The Holy Ghost that will keep us when emotions run wild. The Holy Ghost that will keep us when, when we need a reality check. The Holy Ghost that will keep us when everything else is going crazy. The Holy Ghost that will sustain us when darkness and chaos and everything is going insane and morality has become corrupt in this world and people's losing their ever-loving minds and, and evil is being praised. It's the Holy Ghost that will keep us because it will bring a remembrance, the Word, the living Word. The things Jesus said, it will remind you of who Jesus is, what it is that he said, the word that you are supposed to have inside of your heart. He will remind you of it because he's a comforter, he's a helper, he's a keeper. Verse 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Why? Why don't we have to be afraid? Because we've got a comforter. We have a Holy Ghost. We have a keeper. We have a teacher. We have we have a sustainer. We don't have to be afraid anymore. We don't have to worry anymore. We don't have to be bound by anxiety, depression, doubt, fear, hopelessness, brokenness. We don't have to be bound by all these things in our mind because we have a comforter that will set us free if you want freedom. But that's the thing. You have to want freedom. When you get so comfortable in your brokenness that you would rather be broken instead of seeing what freedom really is, that's when you have to come back to an encounter with God. Because until you get that encounter again, you'll believe that your brokenness is where you were meant to be. But God said that he has called you to be a separated people, that you might be in the world, but you're not of the world. That because you have been called by him, that he has raised you up to be more than a conqueror. And he said, you will be an overcomer. You will overcome this world by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb. But you can't overcome if you're too comfortable in brokenness because you won't want to overcome you won't want victory some people they get so satisfied in brokenness so satisfied in it because they they, they have people petting on them all the time they have people uh, uh, paying them too much attention for them to want freedom it's really sad they, they, they'd rather have the attention than they would victory and I'll never understand that Jesus said don't be afraid don't let your heart be troubled he said 
you have heard how I said to you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said, I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe. Here he's telling me, he said, just rejoice. Because when you see this come to pass, when you receive the Comforter, when you receive the Holy Ghost into your life, you will know that the words Jesus spoke were true. You have so many people within the church that don't understand that the Holy Ghost is real because we've got legalistic things. We've got this man-made doctrine that's been handed down that tells people that, oh, you ain't allowed to shout. Oh, you can't speak in tongues anymore. There's no prophecy. There's no gifts. All that, that was all for the book of Acts. Listen, there was, there was no finalizer at the end of the book of Acts. The, the same manifestation, there was an outpouring that started in the book of Acts. Peter stood up, Acts chapter 2. Uh, they're all gathered in the upper room, 120 of them. They're gathered in unity. They're, they're, they're in one mind. They're all on the same page, and, and they're, they're carrying, they're waiting there because Jesus told them to wait. And, 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 and so they're, they're, they're abiding there. And I'm going to flip over to Acts chapter 2. It says, The day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord. They were all with one mind. They were all with, with one purpose in mind. And that was to be obedient to what Jesus said. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Bible tells us that, that when we don't know how to pray, when we don't know how to cry out, that our spirit will, will begin to, to, to groan and utter and cry out for us. That, that it's those utterances, that, that, that's, that heavenly language that communicates with God, that, that when you don't know how to pray, your spirit desires to be connected to the Father. It's your flesh that is at enmity with God. Your spirit desires to be in union with God. It's your flesh that, that presses you away from it, that draws you away from it. And in fact, I'll take that a step further. It's the lust of your flesh that draws you away from the Father. If, if you could put down the lust of your flesh and quit giving in to what flesh wants all the time, then you could give in to the desire that your spirit has, and you would see that God has more for you. That, that God has more for you than, than, than what man says that he has for you. See, there's a there's a, a supernatural realm that can be unlocked. There is a whole other level of things that can be unlocked. The problem is nobody wants to tarry with the Lord anymore. We've gotten comfortable with, with our little feel-good message where, where preachers will get up in the pulpit and they'll preach this little 10 or 15 minute inspirational, encouraging word uh, that has nothing to do with repentance. They won't talk about the blood of Jesus anymore, afraid it'll run people off. They don't want to talk about sin anymore, afraid it's going to run people off. And, and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want the Spirit of God because when the Spirit of God comes in, it reveals the things that are in darkness. Because where the Spirit is, darkness cannot remain. Because the, the Spirit of God, the glory of God will, will shine through every dark place. It'll shine through every shadowy place of the heart and the things that were hidden will then become revealed so what's being done behind the pulpit that is defiled it these preachers that are getting up that are shacking up with with women that are cheating on their spouses that are uh, running around and making a mockery thinking that oh well i, I can still i can still get up and and shout, I can prophesy, I can do this, and people's going to love it. Listen, the Bible says that the, the, the gifts and the call is without repentance. It doesn't say a thing about you being able to get up there and defile God 
and, and, and continue uh, in that and it's still being blessed. Just because you can get up and tell me something, that don't mean a thing. You might be able to tell me what street I was born on. I don't care. The devil knows where I was born at. But you know what? I want some truth. I want the anointing to flow. I want some edification, some exhortation, something that's going to further what God has already dropped in my spirit. I don't need you to tell me what God is wanting me to do. I don't need you to see. See, I know the shepherd, too. I know his voice. If you're saved, you know the shepherd's voice. What you need is you need you you need some confirmation. You need a word to come in and 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 exhort you to to continue uh, pressing further in the call. And and people they'll, they'll they'll start dabbling in these other things and they'll turn themselves over to divination and they'll think that just because they're able to stand up and prophesy uh, uh, something or prophesy, pull out a pocket prophecy, tell you something real generic, and people can shout or they get aroused out of you that it means, oh, I'm I'm good, I can still keep what I'm doing, I'm, I'm anointed. No, that's not anointing, that's emotionalism. And we have got to discern the difference between the emotion and the spirit. That's why I said at the very beginning of this, you can't trust your heart, but you have to trust the spirit of God. Because without the spirit, you'll give in to emotionalism and not understand that you are falling prey and becoming bound in the first place. So Peter stands up after the fire falls, after they all begin to speak in tongues. He stands up and he begins to preach and he lifts up his voice. And and this is verse 14 in chapter 2 of Acts. He says, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, this is, be, not, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not, men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, upon your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My God, this is that that Joel was speaking about. And here in the book of Acts, Joel, the, the prophecy Joel gave, we see it begins to get poured out. The birthing of this prophecy begins to come to pass. And Peter stands up and lets us know this. But if you turn to the very book, the end of the book of Acts, you'll find out that there is not a finalizer. There is not an amen. There is not a closure. Why? Because we still have the comforter. Jesus has not returned. And until he raptures out the church, the comforter will remain. It's the comforter, the Holy Ghost, that is the restrainer for the Antichrist. And he can't rise to power until the church is raptured out for when there will no longer be a need for the Holy Ghost, the keeper. Why? Because the bride will then be again with the groom. Somebody says, oh, I'm getting tore up now. He's talking about the rapture. Rapture ain't in the Bible. Listen, rapture is in the Bible. I get so sick and tired of hearing people say that, and they try to preach it without even doing any studying or, or digging or context. Listen, the term catching away comes from a Greek term, rapturos, and that, that, that's where we get the word rapture because, uh, uh, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, it's a Greek word, arpazo, and, and when it was translated into the Latin, it became rapturos. So we get it in English as rapture. 
That's where it comes from. It's not a made-up word. It's not something somebody threw out there just because they had an idea one time. It, it, it's there because it's been there since the beginning. The Word of God is the same. It's never changed. It's not going to change, and it's going to be here when this world has passed away. Why? Because Jesus is the living Word, and He's not going anywhere. He is He is going to, to come back with power and glory. And someone said, well, well, how can you say that it's the Holy Ghost that is the restrainer of the uh, of the Antichrist? How is it the Holy Ghost? Because you have to understand there is a difference between the returning of Christ and the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is when those who are alive and remain are, are caught up to meet him in the air, where the bride is caught up to meet him in the air, and, and, and we get to go and, and enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb and have this wonderful feast and celebration with our groom. And, and, and that is what the rapture is. And then that, at that time, that, that is when the, the great tribulation will begin to take place and the time of Jacob's trouble. And, and when all, that, all of that is going on, the, the, the wrath of God is being poured out because the Bible says that we have not been appointed under wrath. Those of us who, who are under the blood of Jesus, those of us who, who, who follow Jesus, who, who have been sealed with the Holy Ghost, those, those of us who are pressing towards the mark, we are not appointed under wrath. So we are not appointed unto the great tribulation. Now, you will go through tribulation. We, in fact, Jesus said that we would see the beginning of these things. We would see the birth pains that begin to start. But over in the book of Luke, he said that when you see these things start to, to happen, when you see them begin to happen, then uh, he said to look up because that's when your redemption is drawing nigh. And uh, that that's in, uh, I believe it is in Luke. 20, hold on one second, and I'll tell you exactly where it is. Yeah, Luke chapter 21. He said that when you see these things begin to come to pass, and what this is, is this is Luke's, uh, this, this is Luke's pinning down of what Jesus spoke in Matthew 24. It wasn't that Jesus was saying that, oh, you've got to go through all these things in Matthew 24. No, this, this is, is, is Luke's rendition where the Holy Spirit impresses it upon Luke to write down what Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, but when he writes it down, he says that when Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up for your redemption draws nigh. Redemption draws nigh. That's verse 28 of chapter 21 of Luke. He said, and when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift your heads for your redemption draws nigh. And in fact, if you skip over to the end of that, he says, and pray that you will be found worthy to escape. Well, if we if we are appointed to the great tribulation, how can we pray to escape it? If it was the will of God for your life, you can't pray your way out of the will of God. If that's God's will to take place on the earth for every single living person, uh, whether in Christ or not, to go through the great tribulation, you can't pray that off you. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. And Jesus wouldn't tell you to pray if it wasn't possible to, to escape it. Why does he say you can pray to escape? How are you going to escape? Through the rapture, through the catching away, through being pulled out to meet your groom in the air, to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But you can't do that. <laughs> Woo! If you're just giving in to emotionalism and the flesh, you can't do that. If you're giving in to everything that the heart wants, the only time you can give in to what the heart wants is when you've had a clean heart, when when your heart has been made new, and then and then the things inside of your heart are, are the things of the Holy Ghost, 
and and you have set your heart on you have set your 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 desire on things above where your heart will also be you have set your desire with God your desire with more of him your desire with his power with his spirit and it's then that that when you, when when that great day comes for the church to be pulled away that you get to go in and enjoy a marriage supper a feast a, a wonderful time you see God has so much more for you than for you to just pray a little prayer and and go sit in a, a church or Lord have mercy nowadays most of them's just on Facebook you've even got people pushing to start a Facebook congregate congregation look there's a I'm trying not to get on a rabbit trail but there's a reason that the Bible says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together and it's because there is a there is a strength that you get when you come together with one purpose in mind look at what happened on the day of Pentecost Acts chapter 2 look at what happened when they all they assembled themselves together with one purpose of mind and that was to be obedient to Jesus that was to tarry as Jesus said and and to be about the father's business and what happened there there was a sound that came and then the Holy Ghost fire began to fall and they received something so it's already been released the fire has already been released. It's just up to you whether you're going to receive it or not. You you can choose to continue to reject it. You can choose to call to 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 call it fake, to mock it, to blaspheme against it. But I'll t- I'll just tell you this: the Bible says that if you blaspheme uh, against the Holy Ghost, it says woe unto you because there's no forgiveness when you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost because you're blaspheming against the Lord. You're you're you are calling the power of God fake, and that's a very scary thing, my friend. But what, I've, what I'm here to let you know is that you don't have to be ignorant of the power of God anymore. But that you can receive what it is God has for you and continue to walk in that same power that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Because, listen, Jesus has not come back yet. The church has not been raptured out yet. I know you've got some people preaching nowadays that, oh, Jesus come back in 70 A.D. And, and we're just we're just waiting now. What are we waiting for if he already come back? If this is paradise... We got the short end of the stick, y'all. I'll just be honest with you. If this is paradise, I got some complaints. I I, I got some complaints I want to make. But this this is nothing compared to what God has for you. So I would encourage you, and and, and as we continue in this, as we continue in this, this this journey together, uh, I pray that God will reveal himself to you. I I pray that, that you would come to an understanding uh, that that there is more that the anointing of God will destroy every single yoke of bondage off of your life if you are willing to let him and that you can receive the power of the Holy Ghost and and with that with that receiving the Holy Ghost uh, there, there comes some gifts with it there, there comes gifts of healing gifts of miracles gifts of faith gifts of wisdom gifts of knowledge gifts of prophecy gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues there there, there are so many wonderful things that come with receiving the Holy Ghost into your life on top of, of having a keeper a restrainer something that will help you hold your tongue when when people want to want to test the Jesus in him something that will help keep you when when you don't know how to stand so I, I know there was probably a lot of information this is uh, like I said this is our first episode we're, we're going to start uh, just breaking things down and, and diving into it, and, and it's my hope that with this, we will be able to see this generation of hungry people 
receive what it is that God has for them and rise up to to step into the anointing of God, to step into a deeper realm that God has for you. So until next time, be blessed, and we'll talk to you soon. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Preserving Pentecost. If you feel led to sow into this ministry or want to become a kingdom building partner, then please reach out to us at davisministriesfam at gmail.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash davisministriesfam or search for our new website davisministriesnb.org.